welcome to episode 83 of Nobody Special. On this episode, we talk about bullying and cancel culture. The Gospel Post presents Nobody Special. Hey everyone, welcome to Nobody Special, to Nobody's Talking About the Somebody Who Matters. I'm Danny, the Cancel King and host of Nobody Special, and this is a podcast where two generations of people talk about God, pop culture, and politics, and everything in between, all while not taking any of it too serious. Uh, Caleb cannot be here today, he is stuck in a hole, uh, and I told him I'd go get the rope to pull him out, and I realized we had to tape a podcast, so um, normally, uh, if I'm doing an episode on my own. Um, this is the part Caleb and I would have some kind of banter or answer emails or that kind of thing. Um, when he's not here, this is always the part I get the most nervous about because I'm still trying to keep a banter type feel to it. Um, and that's just really hard to banter with yourself. I've now granted, I have a lot of practice since I talk to myself a lot. Uh, but I am going to answer a few questions that I get asked all the time. The first is, and I actually did get this email and I was going to try and turn it into a bit, except the email is so long. I got an email from a person saying their father died, but he had $27.5 million. And if I could marry her to help her get to the States anyway, it's a scam email. But I was like, dang, that's really involved. But that's not the email that's being answered today. Uh, the question I get asked all the time is, what books am I reading? And that's a great question. Um, anyone who's gone to seminary knows the pain of having to re read a ton of books. Um, and you always feel as if you can't give them up at the end. That's an actual problem. Anyone who's been to seminary, let me know in the comments that, yeah, I have massive bookshelves also. So to answer that question, here's the things I'm current going through as far as books. Uh, the first off, oh, yeah, uh, none of these are sponsored. This is just they're really good books, and I think people should pick them up. First off, I'm reading uh, God's Glory a little... Alone. This had been part of the uh, blog kind of thing I'm doing on the five solas of the um, of the Reformation. It's actually part of a group of books that all of them were fantastic. Uh, each one goes over all the five solas, and I kind of took these as the launching point. Now, granted, I didn't follow them entirely, and some parts I disagreed on, because you're allowed to do that. Hey, um, but they were really good books. Please pick those up. The other... Oh, speaking of uh, groups of books, now these... I'm going to be honest about these. I haven't picked these up. I'm going to. Uh, I picked them up because I really enjoy the cover. They're aimed at Christmas, and um, I just really enjoy the cover. I'm going to be honest. That's why I got them. Oh, and Lifeway Christian Bookstore was closing, so they were like a dollar each. Uh, they're by Russ Ramsey, and going to be honest, I really like them. The cover it is. I don't actually know about the content. I have friends who have said they're great. Another thing, uh, in the past I've been doing Bible studies on John, and I'm planning on picking those back up. Um, I had been doing those because of a Bible study I had been doing with a few people. Uh, kind of a shout out to them if they're still here, but, prime, but the uh, research to those um, I had a small commentary, uh, Christ's exposition on the book of John. That was good. Preaching commentary on John. 
that boy right there. Uh, and then an exegetical commentary on the book of John. Well, from one of my series, the exegetical commentary on the New Testament, I enjoyed that as a series and as a structure and all that. So I'm going through all these boys just to write Bible studies on John, and I'm picking that back up, so I'm opening those back up again. Um, another is a book on Matthew that just came out that it, it, it appeared pretty interesting. And then, so this book, uh, it's called uh, uh, Matthew Disciple and Scribe by Patrick Schreiner. Um, so I'm actually going to be going through this in October. And if anybody's interested in joining, there's going to be a group on the Gospel Outpost page, a book group to just be able to go through it, to talk about it, uh, and kind of give our thoughts on it. Um, it is it is a thick boy with small print. So if you're interested in picking that up, just know that this isn't, um, I wouldn't call it a pool type of a, a read. It's more of a uh, a deeper theology book, but hey, if people are into that, be into that. Um, and open and, and don't be scared of big books. Big books are fantastic. Um, but just know the thing that you're getting into beforehand. So uh, we're going to put Bob on top of that. Here you go. I don't even know if Bob's in frame. And the other, the final book that will probably take me like a day is Kingdom's Dawn. Uh, in, in the new job I have, I ask the kids, hey, um, favorite books, just because I need to know how many of them actually read so I can throw other books at them, which would be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, that was one of the books that came up alongside Captain Underpants and various other things of that nature. So I, I guess I'm reading. I've never read Captain Underpants, but I'm, I'm going to start on Kingdom's Dawn. That's like size 18 font, so I'm really excited to get through that in a day, and it should be fine. Um, now, this may come off as trying to brag for all the big books I'm going through, but that's not why I'm doing this. Um, anytime I do this... Uh, podcast all on my own um the table looks really empty and bare and boring and i hate that but caleb has specifically told me i can't go buy funko pops and put them all all over the table so this was the only thing i knew how to improvise uh because i couldn't get my dog to sit behind the table with me she's on the couch currently winking at me which no one else believes but uh caleb caleb's actually in colorado uh he's uh, doing a work thing, um, which is pretty cool. And I'm sure he'll have stories when he comes back. So until then, we'll just take the cup and in honor of Caleb, we'll put it Caleb's face out. So, Oh my gosh, I almost spilled all of that. So it's been a crazy week as far as current events go. A ton of stuff has happened. And, um, I'm going to introduce a segment that comes up in our podcast every now and then called, I'm not talking about that. Um, there, <laughs> there have been just like, Plenty of topics highly publicized all over both of the news channels dominating everything. Uh, and I'm just, I'm not going to talk about them um, for a couple of things that have become pretty obvious. So the first is Greta Thunberg and her speech at the United Nations about climate change. Um, I don't want to wade into this. So at this point, I'm not really prepared to get into a conversation on climate change. Um, and people, a lot of people are punching down at a girl who is 16. So uh, <laughs> I feel a couple of things. And this is kind of the 
the brief thoughts I have on this. As Christians, our first command was to care over the earth. Um, or our first positive command, it was to care over the earth and be fruitful and multiply and all that, but to be good stewards of the thing God gave us to care over. So we should be doing that. Now, we can disagree on the proper manner of doing that, but that's at the heart of it. It's our job to care over God's creation because God gave it to us to care over. Um, but I don't feel as if politicizing children is a good idea. Uh, I felt that about Parkland students at Majority Stoneman Douglas High School. I think that's the name of it. Um, that they got that they got drug into things that they weren't prepared to be drug into. I felt the same thing about uh, Nicholas Sandman at Covington High School, the guy that smiled at the uh, at the Native American guy and and, uh, and had a make America great again hat on. Um, we shouldn't just drag children as props into politics, period. So um, I've seen a lot of people on Facebook punching down at Greta uh, because they disagree on a couple of her thoughts or her presentation or any of that. And to be honest, I have thoughts, but they're going to be private thoughts because she's 16, people. She is a 16-year-old girl, so stop punching down. Um, impeachment of Donald Trump. Uh, so the, let's just see where this goes. Honestly, um, I'm the impeachment stories of Donald Trump at this point, they've announced they're going to start impeachment proceedings, which is kind of the same thing as, um, a middle schooler saying, I'm going to go ask her out. It, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so let's just see where it goes, this feels a bit like waiting on Half-Life 3. Um, it's, yeah, it might happen. And I mean Half-Life 3. It might. I, you know, Gage should get on that. Oh, sorry, Gabe should get on that. Um, but truth be told, I'm not interested in just becoming another political podcast that... Uh, you, you know, I know our, our goal as as a show is to go into pop culture, politics, and everything in between and try and find God. But to this, it's just it it's politics and theater that I'm just not really prepared to go into when nothing has actually happened. And also, too many people, again, are just getting very angry on Facebook. Like, this is just like the Democrats. And the other people are like, this is just like the Republicans. And I'm beginning to filter both of those out of my head because... Um, how do you, how, how do you live like that? Just that angry all the time that your first instinct is to go to an article that has 3,000, 4,000 comments that no one's going to see like, and just like, I don't think we should. Um, so we're not, we're going to, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, each side has their own angry pundits and. God bless them and the thing they're doing, but I'm not going to hop on board that because I just can't. I don't have the emotional capital to hop on board that. Um, I really, I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to. And that's really the truth of it is let's just see where this goes. They're figuring it out. Politics going to be politics, but I mean the undergirding question of this podcast has all 
always been, where is God in all this? And how can I poke at it a little bit? I mean, it's supposed to be a lighthearted take of pop culture and politics, but these two topics in particular have just gotten so brutal that I'm not prepared to... I think people need to chill out, and I'm not just going to become another person to just scream into the internet, I'm upset, therefore everyone pay attention to me. There are other things we could be talking about that are a little bit more fun and more productive and more impactful on our day today. Um, so, so we're going to skip those for now. Thanks for, if you were expecting that, I don't know if Caleb has an opinion. Oh, oh, oh yeah. The third one that we're not going to talk about this episode. Kanye West is doing church that came up in the news again. We've done an episode on that and it's one of my least favorite episodes. Uh, I just don't enjoy it. Uh, so we might talk about it again and talk about it after a group hug, but he's doing church again and okay. He's also putting out an album. That's a worship album, but you know, we'll see. I may listen to it just out of curiosity, but that'll probably be as far as I go. So other than that, that's, that's it. That's those topics I'm not talking about because Caleb is stuck in that hole. And I, I want to honor him that if he has thoughts on those, I'll let him have them first. The thing I do have thoughts on uh, is uh, there's a thing coming up on October 7th called Stomp Out Bullying. And everyone is supposed to wear blue in order to signify that they're stomping out bullying by bringing uh, um, awareness to a problem that is all over schools and everything else. And people are are beginning to feel as if they're bullied and all, and, and all types of things. So, so I have... A lot of thoughts on this, but probably the first thought I have is at this point in culture, I hate the word bullying. And I might have talked about this in the past, but whatever, we're doing it again. I hate the word I'm being bullied because I think it's over applied or or maybe it's an unnecessary term altogether. Um, people get picked on all the time and to bring a awareness to bullying, you know, the thing I'm trying to figure out is who is on the other side of this argument? Who is there going, no, I'm a bully and I would like to protect my ability to bully other people. Is a, anybody on the other side of this argument, the, the odd part about the, the best bad characters in all of history stories and everything else is that they think they're the good guys. They think they have the justification to do the thing that they're doing because they're in, in the clear. And that's probably the, the most dangerous part. I mean, even um, all, all the dictators, Hitler, Mussolini, all of them thought they were doing the right thing. And truth be told, they were not, but they still thought that they are. So I don't think going bullying is bad. Who disagrees with you on that? Who is on the other side of the bullying is bad argument? I would love to talk to that person. I, I think bullying is horrible, but I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to give people the opportunity to just say I'm being bullied. And then, and then everything else they say has to be true. Uh, they, you know, there are a few things to think about that become important in this conversation. 
Uh, the first is that overall studies have been done. I think I think it was Barn. I'm not entirely sure, and I don't have the facts on that, so I apologize. But I know a study had been done. Is that kids across the board are hurting? Period. So adults, instead of whining about the snowflakes or anything else, it's our job to take care of kids to raise up the next generation of people to teach them and train them how to survive and thrive in this a world it's our job to do that and to be honest if every child out there is 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 in pain and hurting then to some extent we have to say we really phone this bad boy in if every child out there is hurting if 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 studies are 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 demonstrating that there's high amounts of depression anxiety and everything else then we have to conclude that at some point the the uh, the system that the adults have put in place, myself included, has failed at a fundamental end. I know that sounds harsh, and I'm not going to walk it back either. If a, if a class of people is hurting, then there's something going on. Now, granted, I do think that it's a complex issue that there's a bunch of ends that have to be stared at. I think a big part of it is this idea of a victimhood mentality. People are being culturally trained to view themselves as a victim. And to be honest, I think that's pretty problematic overall. If I'm a victim to everything, then of course I'm being beat down and bullied and all these things because I can't, I'm, I'm being told that by being a victim, I, 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 I am not strong enough to be able to cope against externals external kind of things coming against me. I'm not strong enough to do that. And this is becoming a pretty big problem because people are, are, are claiming they're offended or they're being bullied and then automatic action is being taken instead of trying to figure out the cause of all the problems going on. Um, the Bible does not support a, a victimhood mentality. There is an aspect that all of us are responsible to 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 thrive in this world, um, and and I I know that sounds as if it's a works based argument. So before you get all mad at me on there, hold on, let me explain. Um, Romans eight thirty one through thirty nine tells us this: that what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare His own Son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, that, then who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? And who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or, or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as the sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor 
life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, of Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that's Romans eight thirty one through 39. So, so here's the thing about this. It comes down to what we decide to make our identity. If my identity is I'm a victim of circumstances, then this is, of course, how this ends up. You know, if I'm if I'm that, I can be conquered by anything, and that creates a bunch of problems. Um, for a, a good amount of time, you know, I, I think I've talked about this a bit on the podcast, but we're going to go for it again anyway. Sorry if this is a repeat. And hello to all of our new listeners. Um, I was I have a speech impediment. I was picked on constant all throughout uh, elementary school just because kids can be harsh if they don't understand things. Um, in uh, middle school, I got picked on when someone did understand it. And in high school, I, that one was weird. I had a few people tended to chill out in high school, but still, um, you know, there's still this aspect of I could say I was bullied because of it. Now, I hate that term because I choose to not identify as being bullied. Um, and I know that's kind of strange to say because I could probably meet the criteria picked on for, for a thing I couldn't help and everything else. Uh, um, I mean, there's a particular story that I'm thinking of that uh, there was a, a class had to do a group project to tell um, a story of great expectations, which I'm just, you know, this is unconnected. That book is garbage. I'm sorry. I know it's Charles Dickens, and I'm so sorry to say that, but I really don't like that book. So part of it is uh, the the class had to give a presentation on great expectations through either a magazine style or a newspaper or anything else in this group. Uh, they decided to do a um, a newspaper, and they included a cartoon that had nothing to do with great expectations at all. It was about a farmer who had a pig who stuttered because Porky. Uh, and Which, by the way, all the Looney Tunes had speech impediments, and no one said boo, but all right, whatever. Um, so so they, did, they did a cartoon about a farmer who had a pig who stuttered, and he decided to kill the pig. Now, if that ain't some... Lord of the Flies style baloney, then I don't actually know what it is. And I was just sitting there, and and that was the punchline. It wasn't even funny. It, it, I, I enjoy a good speech impediment joke. You know, ask Caleb. I'll have him kind of uh, talk about it too. Do I enjoy a good speech impediment joke? I do if they're well thought out and funny and just, you know, kind of a, a, a giggle between a couple people. But that... What? It wasn't even funny. It wasn't even a good joke. I was so offended. The punch is that, hey, the pig stutters, therefore kill him. And I'm just staring at the teacher, just like, uh, y'all gonna do anything about this? No? We're good? So I talked to her after, and and I talked to her and said, like, hey, um, I don't know if you know this, but that cartoon was about me, and I know this because beforehand... He told me the cartoon is about me. So, like, what are we going to do about this? He, was, he said it was going to kill me. Um, and she said, this. she was such a nice teacher up until this point that I was just kind of flabbergasted that her answer was, well, maybe you should try 
um, seeing how he feels and talking to him first. I'm like, well, we did kind of talk already, and, uh, you know, he kind of said the cartoons about me, and I feel like he just gave a presentation in front of class where uh, he kind of back endedly said I should be killed because I have a speech about him. And I was like, I mean, that was kind of like, really? That's our answer here? Okay, that's fine. I'm 15, 14 something. I'll just cope with a death threat on that. But um, it it was about that time I started to take everything not as a point of identity. That I couldn't... I'm not going to claim I'm Danny the Stutterer, stutterer, which is really fun to say if you have a speech impediment because sometimes it just comes out stutterer or something. Um, that's a really... Please laugh at that or otherwise that's just crazy and sensitive to other people. <laughs> But instead, I chose to identify as I'm Danny Burton first, and there's a deeper identity than just this thing I do. If if my identity is that I'm a victim, then of course, anything close to that is going to throw me off. It's going to be able to beat me down and, 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 and get me super depressed and cry all the time. And there have been plenty of tears that have been poured out because of this thing. But to be honest, at this point, I understand it's a thing I do because it doesn't define the person I am. At some points it's better. At some points it's stronger. And at some points it's weaker. To be honest, I was crazy nervous about starting a podcast because I'd have to professionally talk, so to speak. And it's taught me a ton of stuff, including trusting God through this whole thing. And that I think is a big part of, uh, of this idea is becoming a, instead of a victim to become something greater than that. Instead, the beauty of Romans eight is telling us something all different in, in that if i if the identity i carry is in christ then none of none of those other things can actually overcome a person um you know it's if if i'm uh, being killed if i'm going through famine a darkness if i'm all alone if i'm naked in distress or danger or trial or tribulation or any of that if my identity is in christ then None of those things can actually do anything. And uh, this is the problem of claiming I'm being bullied, I'm being bullied, I'm being bullied. I'm not trying to say that the distress isn't there and Romans doesn't do that either. Or try and say that, no, the thing that you're going through is okay because it isn't. But in trying to, it, it seems as if our culture is trying to race to see which person is the biggest bully and this is problematic if if everybody's trying sorry the biggest uh, uh, uh kind of a victim and if everyone's trying to get to that then everybody's identity is in a pretend persecution that may or may not actually be happening there's a difference between uh, uh, a person picked on me and i'm being bullied uh, if, if, if a person has a bad thing that is kind of said to them or they're being picked on one time, instead of claiming I got picked on, uh, it just amps up to I'm being bullied and there needs to be a full interaction and everybody has to go to a meeting to talk about how bullying is bad, which by the way, everyone believes bullying is bad. Uh, and, and, and there has to be a whole bunch of school, I mean, 
the meetings and counselings in order to talk about bullying and all this thing instead of going, hey, I went through that thing, it stunk, but my identity is in Christ, and that cannot be taken. The biggest thing kids need to hear at this point, because all of them are in pain and hurting, is hope. That there is hope in Jesus Christ beyond all of our pain, beyond the depression and anxiety that all of us do feel. Going beyond that to say, hey, although I feel these things, I have faith and hope that my eternity is founded on the love of Christ. And that in that, I cannot be overcome. Uh, a a conqueror, because it talks about in Romans 8 that we are more than conquerors, and people tend to go, more than conquerors, let's get our swords and go fight people. Well, no. Um, and kind of the same thing on, on, on the group doing the campaign on October 7th called Stomp Out Bullying. Well, to me, that just seems like bullying in the other direction. If I'm trying to stomp it out, that also seems as if it's a rather aggressive tone to say stomp out bullying, you know, like punch the bully in the face. Like, no, that just makes you the bully and being hurt isn't justification to hurt somebody else. If I'm more than a conqueror, it, it means I can't be taken down all throughout history, church history, everything else. Conquerors have come and been overthrown. There's only one time a, a thing has been overthrown and hasn't fallen. And that's Jesus Christ overthrowing death. It is a straight gangster move to to defeat death or to die and then defeat death and come back. That's pretty awesome. And if Christ can defeat death, then famine doesn't stand a chance. Then uh, the sword doesn't stand a chance. Then trials, then distress, then depression, anxiety, all these things, when placed before God, don't stand a chance. And if I'm more than a conqueror, it, it means that I, I carry the, the, uh, the ability through Christ and the Holy Spirit to be able to be a, not just a fighter, but a, a, a foundation of peace in the place that I go into. It's, it's the opposite of choosing to say, well, I'm being bullied and I'm a victim. It's, it's choosing to say, okay, I have been bullied and I'm choosing to identify as a child of God because I, I, I know that he died for my sins and in his death counts towards, my, towards in me as a propitiation of my sins and that I am saved by the blood of of Jesus Christ and enter into eternity through his coming back out of the dead and his standing before God in heaven saying that one, that's mine. Conquerors can be overthrown and they have been all throughout history, but God is more than a conqueror and gives that to us. If I'm more than a conqueror, I don't have to get into every fight. I don't have to battle everything there because that isn't the place I've put my identity in being the strongest or in being the, the biggest kind of a victim. Um, a, a, a person can be conquered, but more than a conqueror can stand firm against anything out there. I think people tend to say strength is, is all ways in its, in its expression, but the true strength comes in not needing to actually express that. 
uh, the a strong person that is strong both in a physical and an emotional sense has nothing to prove. All those people that they go from gym to gym to prove they're the strongest are riddled by a deep, deep anxiety that they may not be. And at some point, they're going to find a person that is stronger than them, and it's going to throw them for an emotional uh, kind of a, a roller coaster. They're, they're going to say, I'm not the strongest, therefore, who am I? But if I'm more than a conqueror, if I have the strength of God flowing through me, then I don't have to prove it. And, and this is clear in the... Uh, lives of martyrs they have moved beyond needing to protect their own personal well-being and safety in order that god could be glorified even through their death uh i've talked about it in the past because they're they're oh they're heroes of mine the 21 i think it was 21 people that isis beheaded on the beach that died um proclaiming amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me they sang that song until they died and that takes a strength that i hope i have and to be honest i kind of i don't know i there's part of me that hopes that's never tested and in that moment i hope i have the strength to say god i need help here and if I, if, if I have, I know if I call to God, then God is going to answer. And in that moment, they are more than a conqueror because of the strength of God flowing through them. And they're heroes of mine. They're absolute heroes. They're amazing because they, they took beatings as an innocent person and died on behalf of other people. And if that isn't a Christ like nature then i don't know what is and so instead of 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 telling other people to not bully because again no one is teaching anyone to bully i don't think there are bully classes going on like all right here's bullying 101 take underwear pull pull overhead you know hang in school or any of that i don't i don't think that's happening instead we can teach our children and even ourselves, because all, all of us struggle through the same thing, to understand what, where it is our strength comes from. Our strength doesn't come out of needing to prove I'm stronger or that I can beat up a bully or anything else or that I'm more of a v victim than anybody else. Our strength comes out of Jesus Christ who sends the Holy Spirit to indwell in us and empower us to 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 live lives according to the gospel of grace and even to people all of us disagree on or with that's important to express that through us our culture that i have been uh, noticing more and more is this idea of cancel culture it it's it's kind of become this a knee-jerk thing to say oh i'm going to boycott that or everyone needs to boycott that because of this happened um or i'm 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 offended, and so everyone else has to be offended in the same manner that I am. And it's almost as if being offended has become this currency that all of us are 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 able to play, or a trump card that if I'm offended, therefore everything else must be the same kind of offensive. Um, and you know, I know our, our our podcast has done a few episodes on this, the James Gunn thing. You, 
they did a deep dive into his tweets to find something from almost a decade ago that, to be fair, was inappropriate, but he has since uh, turned back on. There's been other cases of, of this happening in politicians, in celebrities, all all these things that they'll pull up a thing they did a long time ago, take it out of context, say, I'm offended, therefore nobody needs to go see this. Uh, the There's a comedy special on Netflix by Dave Sh- Chappelle, who he said an offensive joke. Now, anyone who's heard anything Dave Chappelle has said, that's what he does. He is a comedian. He says offensive things. And people call to to, uh, uh, to say, well, well, well oh, that's offensive to these people. And so therefore, everybody needs to just not pay attention to it. And so on a Rotten Tomatoes, the critics have it at 31%. The audience score, however, is at 99 uh, I haven't watched it just because of content, but I'm also an, not going to be on this podcast going, well, like, it's got offensive content, therefore no one needs to see it. I think that's the thing all of us have to question. Okay, if it's inappropriate media, is this okay to engage in and maintain faith? But I think calling to a boycott to that and this cancel culture that I'm offended, therefore canceled, is... Um, counterproductive as a society and as a culture. I can't just claim I'm offended, therefore everybody else needs to be offended. That doesn't actually, that doesn't help anybody. Um, and, and, and also in a YouTube culture, this is pretty, pretty clear as, as these YouTubers get in the beefs, they call to, oh, cancel them. As if that actually means a thing that, okay, if, if I'm calling that this, a YouTuber is canceled, then if you're loyal to me, then you have to go unsubscribe out of that person and only be connected to me because they're, they're canceled. Except that never really happens. Um, it, it doesn't. There are plenty of channels that have been canceled that are still there and still doing just fine. But this idea is, is just, it's arrogant and prideful to think that I need to be the arbiter of truth and I can't be talked to or approached by anybody else. That's arrogance. Uh, and especially on a Christian perspective, we are going to meet people that we fundamentally disagree with everything that they say and do. Um, these people are going to be called non-Christians. So, when we see someone that I fundamentally disagree with, how we handle that becomes really, really important. And from a biblical stance, we are not told to try and boycott or or do any of those things, but to extend grace and the love of Christ to that person. Uh, you know, I have a couple friends on Facebook that they got offended about some content in the trailer for Frozen 2. I'm not really positive. I haven't seen it. But they said they're going to be boycotting it. No, you're just not going to it. And that's fine because that's a choice people need to actually make. But but by, by claiming they're boycotting it, they're trying to say, I'm offended. I'm being bullied. I'm a victim here. Therefore, everything else, it is mandated that it change because it disagrees on a stance I have. You won't find that type of mentality as far as a biblical stance on sharing our faith. Our, the idea is that the church is a 
light on the top of a hill that the people, they they uh, notice and understand, hey, something is different. Even the Old Testament, um, all the laws that are, are the parts of the Bible that a lot of us tend to skip, even though they're really cool and you shouldn't, and they're amazing. The entire point, the big point, and is is that these are there to make the people of God stand out so that people go, something's different about them and I need it. And granted, all those things, they do carry the, the benefits of, of being in line on how God created things to function, how God created things to work. But overall, it's clear that their goal, it was to stand out and be different, to choose to not do those things that everybody else did and died because of it. But I don't think that as God told Abraham, no shellfish, that he'd go down to to the beach and hold big signs that said people who eat shellfish are going to burn in hell. Um, because that kind of misses the point of what it is that's actually going on. And nobody, I, I don't think anybody has ever been screamed into heaven or condemned in, into heaven because there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So even if they prayed a prayer, I would question what it is they actually prayed and in, in the heart behind it because there's a difference between trying to not go to hell and trying to stand in, in the fullness of the presence of God. That is kind of nuanced, but very, very important. But overall... Those we disagree with, there's two different things to do. I mean, the the biggest part is if it's a non-Christian, to not try and boycott or fight them or call that they be canceled or anything else. Uh, instead, to take them through Matthew 18, I'm pretty sure Matthew 18, in that go to, go to the brother first. If that doesn't happen, then bring two or three and then take it to the church elders. And then after that, treat them as if they're a non-believer. But even in that, it's to just change the dynamic to give them grace and a love in the same manner that I give to non-Christians. They need to know Christ. That is, is period. The big deal is they need to know Christ at that point. And if they're a non-Christian, our goal is to proclaim the grace and love of Jesus Christ. If all people are able to notice are the things I stand against and not the things I stand for, I think there's a part of my witness that's gone by the wayside a bit. It's important that, that people understand that, that I stand on, on the foundation of of Christ crucified on behalf of my sins, but, um, and, and that because of that, there are some things I'm not going to do, some movies I'm not going to watch and other places I'm not going to go. But if I take out that first part about the foundation of, of the cross of Christ and Christ died for my sins in order that I could have an eternity with him, then all I am is just an angry, angry guy beating a gong on, on the internet, like, I don't like these things, therefore everything should be canceled. Um, our our culture has gotten too wrapped up in our own feelings and needs more of our own, of, of, uh, of to find the mind of Christ first. There are, are three orthos I enjoy talking about that are pretty common in, in Christianity that I think we've kind of started to get out of order. Uh, the first is, is, is orthopac, sorry, is 
Blah, sorry, uh, the three orthos are orthodoxy, orthopathy, and orthopraxy. Um, orthodoxy, ortho is uh, Greek, it means right or true. Um, doxy, it means thought. So, so orthodoxy is right thought. Orthopathy is right feeling or emotion, and orthopraxy is right action. People have tended to say, as a culture, that my feelings dictate truth. And so the pathy comes before the doxy, and and then after having dictated truth based on how I feel, then I act according to that. And so the more offended I am, the stronger my truth is, and, and the stronger the actions I have become. The problem of this is the ortho part, is that if if putting how we feel in charge is the same thing as putting a six-year-old in charge of driving the school bus, it's going to end poorly. Uh, they shouldn't. That's not. They're not equipped to do that. The 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 idea is at first above all is orthodoxy. Our a right thought has to be built on the foundation of objective truth that comes from Jesus Christ and God the Father and through the Holy Spirit. Ortho, orthodoxy has to come first, and then is orthopath, is orthopathy comes out of a right thought. Um, out of that I is, is this idea that if God is hurting, then I need to be hurting because that truth is truth above anything I'm able to interpret or understand. Orthopathy comes out of orthodoxy. Our emotions, they need to follow true and proper thought in order to be sure that our, 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 our emotions are in check. This is 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 clear on if 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 people are dying of starvation and and being out on the street, that it should disturb us to our core because those are the people God told us to care over, um, widows, orphans, those in a need, the homeless, all these, the children, the um, uh, the innocent, those that can't protect themselves. Those are are the things that as they're injured that needs to stir us up. Uh, criticize David Platt for, for crying almost every sermon, but that man gets it, and that man hurts t- to the things that God hurts on. And and and, and because of that, um, the, the strength of the emotions founded on good thought is orthopraxy, is that if I am f- feeling so disturbed or encouraged by a proper kind of a feeling based on a, a right thought, but then that drives me to right behavior, that I'm, I'm doing the, the good thing out of the other two things being true. So in cancel culture, though, um, thought is thrown out, and it's all, all about the pathy, and I don't even think it's ortho. Uh, it's, it's all about how I feel. I'm offended, therefore everybody needs to do this, and then imposing that on other people. As Christians, are, are, we cannot have a cancel culture because God doesn't try and cancel us. Instead, God draws us to himself in order to know and be known by him and, and gives us as our, our place in this to be the light of Christ to those all of us come into contact with.
So in, instead of going out there and saying, I'm, I'm offended, I'm being bullied or any of that, instead, it's, it's easier to think about where this person has been and what struggles they're going through. I think everyone, all of us understand that all of us go through hurts and pains. I go through them all the time. And at times I've lashed out because of them. But if I stop and think, okay, why am I offended in the first place? And then actually pray for people I consider to be my quote unquote enemy, then that changes at first. Because this person, although I'm mad at, although I'm angry at them, although they've hurt me, they've offended me, they've bullied, they've done these things, there's something that 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 has to break in a person to cause another person intentional pain to to the point of putting them in pain. And I'm not talking about people trying to protect other people. If a person breaks into a house, tries to attack a child, you better protect the child. That's just straight up clear. Uh, but that's about protecting a child, not about causing a person pain. If a person is being a bully to another person, they're trying to cause emotional or physical pain to a person. And there has to be some part of brokenness inside of them that's causing them to do that. And I think that's the core of pray for those that persecute you because at this point, especially if they're persecuting a Christian because of their Christian uh, thoughts, that person's going to have an eternity of consequences burning in hell. And our, if our first instinct is to say, "Well, good, they deserve it," well, then we do not understand the the, the gospel at all because I I deserve it all. all I. Like all day, I deserve it. I'm a terrible sinner, and I deserve it. But by the grace of God, I've been saved and can extend that grace to other people. I don't need to call for people to be canceled. I need to bring them closer, pray to pray that they could know God and be known by Him, that they could have that understanding and awakening in their soul to be able to come to God. Because something is broken in a person to cause another person that much pain. So instead of calling that, you know, they be canceled or punitive damages or anything else come against them. I mean, there is a place for justice, a time for justice and that kind of thing. But our first instinct, it needs to be to stop and pray over that person and say like, all right, they've hurt me. I'm in pain, but here's what I'm going to do going forward. Uh, That story earlier about the guy that did the cartoon about the pig, um, I I found out a a bit after that, that um, he was, his home really stunk. And it had this odd effect to think, that because his mom and dad had been terrible to him, that's all he knew how to do to people. And I I started to have compassion towards him, where at first I just I wanted to punch him in the face. If I understand that he's in pain and is only doing this because of the pain he's feeling, then I'm able to be more than a conqueror. I'm able to take the blow even though I don't earn it. Um, I'm able to, to take that kind of pain, ridicule, distress and all that. And it hurt. And it's still, to be honest, every now and then still hurts to think about, but I'd rather bear that in order to 
bring him closer to Christ in some kind of a manner that, that instead of trying to get him kicked out of school or anything, give him that grace because hopefully that will endure and, and he'll be able to come to Christ and say, I need to be a new creation. So instead of trying to cancel everybody, take time and, and hold each other up, hold each other to a, to a higher standard and draw people closer to Christ. Well, that's going to do it for us on this episode of Nobody Special. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I appreciate it. Uh, Caleb, please get out of that hole safely. So this one's for you, Caleb. Rest in peace. God, that's not funny. He's alive and fine. Uh, <laughs> so he'll, he'll, he should be back next a week, all things considered. Um, please feel free to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Nobody Special Podcast. Uh, that's a good place to get updates, to give us comments or anything else. Um, also, if there's an interest in giving us comments, you can go to our website at thegospelatpost.com slash nobody special, and there'll be a place at the bottom of the page to either ask us Bible questions, ask us about, hey, tell me about this, and any topic. There's no topic that's off limits and I'll do my best to check my spam and be sure it's not going there. All I ask is that it's not about um, your supposed dead African father who left you $27.5 million and you're trying to move to America and will put the money in my account only to take it back because that's a scam. That's straight up a scam. Um, <laughs> uh, also check us out on YouTube on the Gospel Outpost. I'm going to be eventually adding more stuff to there. So we're just kind of parked on that and putting on nobody special. And please, I don't spend a dime on advertising. So if there's a person that you think could enjoy this podcast and enjoy the ramblings of two semi-competent people from two generations, uh, feel free to share it and tell them about it. Cause again, I'm, I'm just cheap is really what it comes down to. So uh, please feel free to share that at any time. And that would be great to Caleb and I. So Caleb, come back soon. Um, enjoy the thing that you're doing. I, I actually did have other people for this and I had three of them and it was just a crazy week for all of us. So, uh, all three of the other people I had asked, they said like, Hey, something came up and that was a real bummer, but, uh, these are fun. Cause I get to talk about some other things, do it a little bit of a different format, but Caleb will be back. Don't worry. I'm not cutting him out or trying to put anyone else here. So Caleb will be back and he'll, He'll be back to his old Caleb things. Um, I don't know what that means. That's so weird. Uh, so uh, that will do it for us today. I'm Danny. Caleb's not here. He's in a hole. And we are nobody special. Nobody special.